Hello, and welcome to the podcast for Neighborhood Church. This message was given by Larry Vold. Good to see everyone this morning. Find your sermon outline there in your bulletin. And let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, please. You'll find that on page 1887 in that book rack Bible. We hope everybody's Bible is open. Everybody's looking at Scripture this morning. We've been learning in this series, The Harvest, about participating in God's work of electing grace. That is a full sentence. Participating in God's work of electing grace. God saves people. Churches don't save people. People don't save people. Only God can save people. But he invites his people into the process. And we're suggesting in this little six-week series that the process involves cultivating, planting, and reaping. And in the cultivating, we talked about the importance of praying for people, praying for lost people. We talked about gaining a passion for lost people. Do lost people come first in our lives? Do we put down things in order to minister to lost people? Do we have people around us that we are concerned about their spiritual journey and so we're we're thinking about them and we're praying for them and we're doing good to them? The cultivating phase or aspect of partnering with God's electing work, I think, is the hardest part. It's the part that takes the most time, the most resources, the most patience. It's the time that really is, in fact, Jesus, I think, was referring to this concept when he said to his disciples in John 4, he said, you've entered into the work of others. They've done the hard work. I think the hard work of evangelism is cultivating. Then we're talking about planting. Last week, Pastor Danny talked about sharing our stories, just sharing what God has done and letting God do what he wants with that. Anybody sell any vacuums this week? Um, A beautiful illustration. We'll get to that. We're going to come back to that later in the message this morning. But when we talk about planting, we're talking about telling our story. What has God done in our lives? Letting people in on what God is doing in our life. And then uh, part of planting is The Word of God, Scripture. How do we share Scripture in a meaningful, appropriate way? That's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to dive right in here. We're looking at um, four things about Scripture as to why we should use it in our communication and planting the seeds for the gospel. So if you're taking notes, we're right here in 1 Peter chapter 1. And let's start with verse 23, where we're going to learn in this short little section that Scripture ignites new life. You can write that down in your notes. There's an ignition point that happens when Scripture is brought into our planting, okay? So let's just follow along as I read. For you have been born again, Peter writes, Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. And then now he's going to quote Isaiah 40. For all men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Now here in 1 Peter, the apostle reminds his readers that the agency through which God saves us is his word. This is really important. We don't convince people to become saved. It is God's word that is the, the pulling mechanism wherever God is drawing someone to himself. It is the word of God that gives to us new life. That's what it says right here. We've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of the imperishable, the, endure, the living and enduring word of God. Now, we know from the gospel of John, the apostle John calls Jesus 
the living word, right? In the beginning was the word, chapter 1, verse 1, and the word was with God and the word was God. That word there in the Greek is logos, and it's the idea of reason, it's, it's the, 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 the expression of who God is. And Jesus is the living word. So when we come to a passage like 1 Peter, we're getting this, uh, we're, we're getting it from the angle of the written word and how the written word is, is uh, along and in very well the same way as the, as the living word. In other words, when you read God's word, you're, you're like listening to the Lord himself. The Lord is speaking to us through his word. Uh, this is the only book that actually can transform your life. Uh, Ch- Chuck Swindoll talks about how uh, there are books that inform us, there are books that inspire us, there are books that enrapture us, but only the Bible can transform us. The Bible is God's transforming tool, taking us from spiritual death and bringing us into spiritual life. In fact, over in the book of James, you can turn there just left a couple pages if you want to. Over in James chapter 1, we read this. We'll put it on the screen, but it's good for you to see it in your own Bible too. uh, In James 1.18, let's read it together out loud. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that that we might become the first fruits of all he created or, or a kind of first fruits of all he created. This is the same thing that Peter is saying. So once again, we have corroboration with how the scripture plays a huge role in bringing us into spiritual life. And and we're going to come back to this a little later in the sermon this morning, but really, if you claim to know Jesus Christ, whatever has brought you to the Lord in, in salvation continues to keep you there with him too. In other words, there's this relationship we have with the word of God that is unmistakable. It's palpable in our lives. And if just a little qualifier this morning, if there's no hunger in your life for the Word of God, no interest to understand what God has to say to you and what His Word has to uh, apply or how it applies to your daily life, then I would, I would just throw the little question out whether you really have been born again. Because what makes you alive keeps you alive. What God brings life into your life, spiritual life, into the into the deadness of our being outside of Christ. When he brings us to life, he sustains us with his word. In fact, Matthew 4, 4, remember when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, Jesus responded to him saying this, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus was saying to the devil that we are nourished on the word of God. So what brings us life keeps us alive. And by the way, that's a reference to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 8, where Moses uh, was talking about and describing the manna of God to the people. Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word, every word. So this is our daily food. This is our nourishment. And it brings us life and it, and it keeps us alive. Now let's, let's talk practically about this because this is really, really important. Uh, We have to keep in mind that when we're talking to people about the Lord, when we're trying to have a witness for people, sooner or later that person has to be introduced to Scripture if there's going to be a a, a life transformation. There has to be Scripture involved. That's what we're reading in 1 Peter chapter 1 and in James chapter 1 and in many other places, in what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4. We live by the Word of God. The Word of God gives us life, keeps us alive. And we have to 
recognize that. So wherever we go, we should be planting seeds of the Word of God. And I just want to challenge all of us this morning in some practical ways on how to do this. Um, there's many ways of doing this. I mean, one is just in common speech. When you're talking to people, you can share scripture with them that, uh, that speaks into their life. Yesterday I was at the gym. I'm up there working out, and, and I run into a guy that I haven't seen in probably 15 years or so, and he used to be around. He's not a Christ follower yet. Uh, he's a guy that I've prayed for a lot and have shared my faith with a lot, and I'm still waiting for that. And he lives locally here, and every time I drive to the church, I drive right by his house where he lives and I often think of him and yesterday we bumped into each other we had you know a few pleasantries and then he went off to his workout and the Lord kind of just burdened me a little bit to go have a little bit more of a conversation so I go over to him and I you know wait till he finishes set and I said I said hey uh, uh, man I can't believe I get to see you today I said I just felt like I want to tell you that every time I go by your house I, I, I see your house most times when I see your house, I still pray for you. I pray that God would reveal himself to you, bring blessing into your life, show you what a great God he is. And he's like, you know, he's, he's like, wow, you know, th- thank you. And he knows me. We've had these conversations. This is not hard. This is not like, ooh, you know, it's just weird. He just, he, you know, he stops. He goes, man, thank you. I really appreciate that. He goes, has it been that long? He goes, when was that that we used to hang out? And I remind him back in the late 80s. He goes, man, that's been like 25 years. He goes, we're getting old. I said, thank you for that. Yes, we are, you know. And, uh, and he's a younger guy uh, by a few years. And so we're talking a little bit. And it just, it just kind of popped into my mind. Uh, you know, I said, yeah. I go, you know, our life is like a, a mist. It appears for a little while and then it's gone. Now, he doesn't know it. That's James 4, 14. Just a simple, he doesn't go like, why did you say that? You're just like, it's just a conversation. You just share a little scripture. We went on and talked a little bit more, and you know, Psalm 90 popped into my mind because he was saying, wow, I can't believe. He goes, life goes by so fast. And I said, yeah, I'm always asking God to teach me to number my days so that I can gain a heart of wisdom. And he doesn't know it. That's Psalm 90. You just, you just drop scripture where you can encourage people a little bit in, in where they are. Now the key to that is relationship. If you don't have relationship, you can still do that and there's power in that. But it takes on a new dimension when there's relationship. Let me give you an example of how important it is to be in relationship with people. Um, I, I personally, I've been convicted by some things happening in our, in our government and uh, and recently, uh, our state legislature passed a law, just August of this year, um, that allows elementary school students and secondary school students uh, to have access to any facilities on their campus based on their gender identity, not based on their sex. It's Assembly Bill 1266. And I, I think it's a, a huge uh, intrusion of privacy. I can't believe parents... Uh, but, but this was signed into law. It starts January 1st. And I, I'm bothered by this. So this personal story, my day off this week, I, I'm getting some petitions together to go out because there's a referendum that is going to ask our governor and our state legislator to say, let's put this before the voters. And we've got a little window of time here. So I'm, I just take some time and I go out and do this. And so I park myself next to a school in our local community 
and I'm watching parents come in, and I'm trying not to be too intrusive, and, and I've got this petition. And so I ask people, are you a registered voter in Alameda County? And a person will say, yes, I am. And then before my next breath, they go, I'm not interested. I was, well, I was going to give you a $100 bill. Sorry. Okay. Um, I mean, it's weird how people just immediately say, and I get it. I get it. And it was as I, but, but, but for the people that, well, what is that? What, what are you, are you interested in signing a petition? And I go on and explain what's going on. And 85% of the people said, where do I sign? They wanted to sign the petition. Um, other people were very curious. They said, I'd like to read up on it more. I, that was very respectable. And about 5 to 10% of the people said, I, I th- actually think that's a great law. And, and they just walked away. I said, that's great. Totally respect. That's what's beautiful about living in a country like ours. You know, you can have differences of opinion. You can live out your convictions. And that's just what I was doing on Friday. But my illustration is this. Please don't miss this. Because I reminded myself of many times where I've gone door to door, inviting people uh, to understand more about the gospel. Pastor Danny reminded us last week, if we were vacuum cleaner salesmen, you know, going out, and, and how terrible it would be if it all depended on us and that if, you know, that, that there was something that only we could gain by it, it would, we'd have terrible experiences. But in the illustration that Danny gave last week, great illustration, it's, there's no gain for us because it's a free gift that we're offering to people and God is in charge of opening the hearts to those that we present to So that's true of what I'm telling you right here. We give the word of God. We drop seed in the word of God. But watch this. When people don't know us and we are not in relationship with people, it's not even, they're not interested in what we even have to say half the time. They don't even know what the issue is. So that's why we're saying it's important when all the other pieces are together, when we're cultivating, when we're praying for people, when we're passionate for lost people, when we're doing good for people, when we are sharing our story among the people that we know and are in relationship with, it becomes very comfortable to drop seed of the Word of God. And that's where all of us need to be involved, dropping the seed. Uh, There's a guy in my neighborhood. I've shared a little bit with him. He likes motorcycles. I like motorcycles. So I, I have a friend who wrote a book. He's a pastor and he wrote a book on his experiences in the motorcycle world. And throughout it, there's scripture. He doesn't always reference. It's just, it's a beautiful, it's really written as an outreach. So I put that book in his hand. That's dropping some seed. He goes, oh, that's cool. That sounds really neat. I'd like to read that. That's dropping seed. Uh, I carry around these, uh, these things. Uh, this is from the pocket uh, Testament League. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, I'm going to put the website because I think it's a great resource. The Pocket Testament League. Basically the Gospel of John with a, hundreds of covers. That This one says the love of the Father. They have sporting ones. They've got you know sports, athletics, academics, uh, world issues and problems. Different cover on all of them but it's just basically the, it's just the Gospel of John in either NIV or ESV or King James, whatever translation you want, and a little salvation plan up at the top of it. And you just, I carry these around, and when people, uh, we get into a discussion with someone that I'm in relationship with, and sometimes even people that I'm not, rarely will people turn down taking a little booklet like this. Now again, this is a little bit more out of our comfort zone. I don't go knock on doors and ask people. I could. But because there's not relationship, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of pushback. But when we're in relationship with people, I would bet in a crowd this size, we 
together, I bet there are hundreds of thousands of people that all of us have contact with. If you put all of our contacts, people we work with, people in our neighborhood, our personal friends, well, there would be at least tens of thousands of people represented with all of us here today. People that are certainly in enough comfort relationship with us that we could be dropping seed, telling the story of what God's doing in our life. You know, when I'm talking to somebody that's rather new to me, I may say something like, wow, the pastor at our church gave a great message this week, and it was incredible. Funny illustration, and I'll just say that, like if Pastor Danny or I go to one of our other pastor's meetings and, share, and hear the story, and I'll just, I'll just drop a little seed, I just a little bit of my story, and I just move right on. I think in, the, in their mind they're thinking, oh, 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 and then put, you just let it go. You just don't even come back to it. You don't even say, now what do you think about that? You just, just drop the seed and let God do what he wants to do. It's exciting to do that. And when we know scripture, when we're in conversation with people, we just drop seed. We, we sometimes give the address, sometimes we don't, but we know it's the living word of God. And that's the important thing I'm trying to give to you this morning. I'm arguing that when we have relationship with people, using the word of God is a beautiful thing. I, you know, when I work out at the gym, people will sometimes say, man, you're working out hard. And I'll say, I'll just pop this one on them. I'll go, yeah, it's funny, you know, uh, uh, physical training has some value, but godliness has value f- for everything. And they're like, whoa, that's weird, you know. <laughs> and maybe they, they think that way. But for people that kind of get to know me, I just drop in seed. First Timothy chapter 4, 8. Holding promises for this life and the life to come. You know, it's more important. Your body is going to slow down. I try to keep my body in shape because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But mine's getting slower every day. And more aches and pains. Anybody relating to me on this? So here's a beautiful verse. The Bible says physical training has some value, but godliness has value in all things. So just when you share a part of your life, you share a scripture, you just drop it, you leave it, you let the word of God marinate in somebody's heart. And it's a beautiful thing. Of course, most importantly are scriptures that deal with our salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I've talked to people who are complaining about disease or problems. I say, man, I'm so encouraged that while this outer man decays, the inner man is being renewed day by day. That's first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16. You just drop little seeds here and there. Someone grieving, they're sorrowful. I'll put my arm around them and say, You know, God is near the the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 34, 18. People get comfort, encouragement through the word of God, and we're dropping seed, dropping seed, and letting the seed of God begin to build in people's lives. So the first thing I wanted to show you is that Scripture, what? It ignites ignites salvation. It ignites real new life in the life of a believer. Number two, this is how it happens. Scripture not only does that, but it incites faith. It incites faith. That's what the Word of God does. And I love this about the Word of God because nothing else can do it like the Word of God. In Romans chapter 10, you can turn over there really quickly. Romans chapter 10, page 1761, if you're using that book rack Bible. In Romans 10, there's a there's an argument that Paul's making here that the problem with the Israelites is that they did not combine faith with what they heard from God. And that's everyone's problem. 
But Paul reminds us there in Romans 10, 17, he says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. The word there, word, is not logos, it's rhema. It actually means specific saying. It means the actual words of Christ. It's what, it's what Jesus is saying to us. A beautiful picture. Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And that's why we, we share the word of God. We drop seed in the wor- of the word of God because we know it's going to incite faith. When I was traveling with Pastor Mark last year, my daughter and Mark and his wife, we traveled to Guatemala and we watched uh, our investment there with Faith Comes by Hearing. And we heard testimony after testimony of people who, indigenous readers of the New Testament, indigenous language readers, you know, they interview you, you speak this language, it's your mother tongue. We've got a book here we're trying to put on an audible thing, would you come and read it for us? Well, of course, I'll, I'll do that. And they work out a little deal and they come in and they read. And story after story of people that have never read the Word of God, as they're reading it, suddenly tears are coming to their eyes. We heard stories of people that stopped in, you know, their reading and said, what is this that I'm reading? And they were just so moved by what was going on. Conversion experiences right there in the recording studio. And then we saw it out on the field where school campuses, elementary campuses are actually... (laughs) using those little proclaimers, and once a week, they have a, a, a half-hour Bible reading time. The students come out, they sit at their little desks, or, or they, they stand outside. where We were at a school where it was outside. We were at another school where it was inside. But they listen to the Word of God. And over their elementary school experience, secular schools, they will go through the entire New Testament. Why is the, gov- why is the government of those countries uh, valuing this? Because the students' behaviors change. The students' lives are being transformed. And they're not even, the government is not looking at this from a religious standpoint. They're just going, these are better students. And so they're plugging it into their curriculum. Wow, I think that that's powerful. The power of the Word of God. I heard a story this last week that blessed me. One of our youth pastors, James Tyler, who works in our, our junior high ministry, he said, we've discovered something really incredible. A lot of these kids have not read God's Word. And there are kids that don't come from church backgrounds. And so what he's doing, part of his weekly meeting, is just reading Scripture. And so to make, they're going through the book of 1 Samuel right now. And so to make it just a little bit more, like, dramatic, he puts this epic music on. And then he reads just the text of 1 Samuel. We're calling it Samuel the Musical, you know. (laughs) And he said, in the last two weeks, they've had seven students give their lives to Jesus Christ because they're just hearing the Word of God. The Word of God is amazing. And we have to realize that. And some of us, we've, we've tucked it away. We think that's just the pastor's job. And we forget that we've got power when we drop seed in, of the Word of God. So we do it sometimes in a book, a testimony, a biography. Someone that has a story about their life changed through Christ. Places where scripture is involved, little things that people could read, the pocket New Testament, whatever, giving people a Bible if they don't have one. Getting them into the Bible is a fantastic way of sowing or planting the seed. The third thing about the scripture is it not only uh, incites genuine faith, ignites new life, it also infiltrates and informs the heart. Now, I want to take us over to Hebrews chapter 4. These are some of my favorite scriptures that deal with the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, you could turn there in your Bibles. Always like hearing pages turn, by the way. 
Oh, you're doing it on your tablet? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing or penetrating even to the separating or dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions or attitudes of the heart. Let's break this down really quickly if you're taking notes. First of all, God's word is powerful. Write that down. The writer says it's living and active. In the Greek sentence, it reads this way. Living the word of God is operative. The word living there is at the front of the sentence. It does something. There's no other piece anywhere in the world that can claim this truth about itself. I love Jeremiah 23, 29. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord? Or like the hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? That's what God's word is. It's powerful. And when we put it before us, it speaks deeply into our lives, which is the second thing. God's word is not only powerful, it penetrates. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Now there are a lot of, I've read a lot of commentaries that are, try to make a big deal about what is the difference between soul and spirit or joints and marrow. I take a very simple approach to scripture. I think what's mostly being said here is not a differentiation between soul and spirit and not leaving the body out per se, but it's simply God's way of telling us that there is no defensible position one can take to be untouched or unmoved by God's word. It gets into the deepest and tightest places of our lives. Human words, human reason, human argument can't get there, but the Word of God gets there. The Word of God goes deep. The Word of God connects deep. It's like chiseling away all the resistance of our lives until finally by God's grace, if he's calling us to himself, by God's grace, Grace, the dam is broken and the power of God floods into our lives. Like Isaiah 55, 11 says, So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me until it has accomplished the very thing I sent it to do. That's what you have. That's what I have. That's what we have whenever we drop the seed of the word of God. Send a text to somebody. Why not include a scripture? Again, relationship strength is the key to this procedure, to where people are not, ah, you know, it's not like you're backing up the gospel to dump truck on somebody that you don't know. And the people go, no, no, no. I mean, the word of God can still penetrate, but when you have relationship strength, let me share with you a little bit about what God's doing in my life. And we just share from Scripture. Or we say, have you ever read this? Or, wow, Psalm 139 would be a great place for you to read. Really? I'll go read that. And let the word of God do its thing. I would encourage you to practice this in every area you can in your life. Try to incorporate scripture into your conversations. Try to incorporate scripture into note taking and writing notes and sending emails. And I'm not talking about plaguing things. And I'm talking about doing it appropriately. 
And there are things that you can and can't do in certain workplace environments and all the rest. But just remember the illustration. You're standing on the street. If nobody knows you and you're giving out something, you're probably not going to get much of a hearing. God still can use it. Praise God for that. I see sometimes people out with their banners and doing stuff like that and scripture on them and all that. And, you know, if that's what God's called them to do, I'm not going to stand in the way. But I, I'm going to tell you that when there's a relational connection, people drop their guard, they open their heart, and they listen to what's being said. And when they listen to the word of God, it changes their lives. So let's work on that together. Not only is it powerful, it penetrates, but it also passes judgment on our hearts. Passes judgment on our hearts. Um, Notice that it it judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In other words, what that means is that it, it reduces all forms of excuse. We're good at excuses. Have you noticed that? We got excuses for everything that's not right in our lives and everything that we need to do that we're not doing. We got excuses. And the word of God just goes, ah, sorry, just kind of just nips and tucks the things in our lives that we say it doesn't matter. And the Bible says it does matter. It drives us to things that we're convicted about in life. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So Hebrews 4.12, commit that verse to memory. The word of God is living, active, sharper, a two-edged sword. Penetrating, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That should be just something that we go out into our day realizing that we are armed with a, an instrument, a resource that, can ref, can, that nobody can refuse. Nobody has the power that God is drawing to refuse. Isn't that good? If God is drawing somebody to know him, it's just like throwing a match in a can of gasoline. It's just God's way of connecting that person's heart to the thing that's going to bring him life and keep him alive. Which brings us to the last thing. And that is that Scripture identifies true followers. Uh, This is where we said at the top of the message that our relationship to the Word of God says a lot about who we really are. I meet people who call themselves Christ followers who have no interest in the Bible. I don't get that. I mean, when I say no interest, I mean, they couldn't tell you the last time they read a Bible. There's no scripture on their lips or in their hearts. There's no, there's no sense of parchment in their, in their soul for not having been in the Word of God. It just seems like it's a luxury or something that we just do when we get together on Sundays. I talk to people at times that I am astounded their claim for following Christ is not backed up with a diet and a love for the Word of God. And so I'm challenging this crowd. There's got to be somebody in a crowd this size that assumes that they're a Christian, Christ follower, because of whatever, fill in the blank. They prayed a prayer, you know, 20 years ago. Well, there's no hunger for the Word of God in your life. I'm going to challenge the assumption that if you have no hunger for the word of God in your life, I, I'm going I'm to ask you to ask the Lord to give you wisdom as to whether you really belong to him. Like, like 2 Corinthians 13 says, test yourself, examine yourself, see if you're in the faith. That's something really important. Um, now granted, we as Christ followers can suck up a lot of junk food in our spiritual lives to where we don't have an appetite for the word of God. You know, 
a lot of Christianese stuff that we think takes the place of the Word of God, and I don't want to go down that road right now, but it's a worthy subject. We can clutter our lives with a lot of stuff of our faith. But the Word of God, there's nothing like it. And the last little section of Scripture, Luke chapter 8, it's the parable of the sower. And the reason I'm closing with this is because the parable of the sower, I think, is a little bit misunderstood. Um, I think the simple meaning of this parable, you know, there's seed that, is, that lands on a path, seed that lands on rocky ground, th- seed that lands on thorny ground where thistles grow up and choke it out. And then there's seed that lands in ground that produces a harvest. And where Jesus explained this parable in verse 15 of Luke chapter 8, he said, but the, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And most believers look at the, at the, the uh, soils as all speaking of non-Christians. And then finally the, the seed lands upon the person that God is drawing to himself. But the problem I have with that is that there's no non-Christian that has a good and noble heart. Jesus wouldn't refer to a non-Christian with a good and noble heart. I think what Jesus is saying is there are really three kinds of soils of people who are unsaved. And the person that is saved has a hunger for the word of God. It's real simple. And it produces a harvest. There's false harvest. There's a little bit of a seedling that comes up. And because there's no root, it it's gone, or because it's choked out by the worries of the world, it's gone too. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, um, uh, fake expressions that we can deceive ourselves with. And I, I guess what I'm just trying to say in this message that I hope connects with everybody here is that really what we believe about the Word of God and, and the priority it has in our lives says something very significant about our relationship with God. We're either letting it in and letting it have its way in our lives and we're hungering after it because we know that it's the source of our lives. And through persevering, we will, we will, we will grow and continue to grow and be the person, the men or the women that God wants us to be. So, that's it. It's, it's a simple premise today. The Word of God, the Word of God. If you're going to be a planter, you've got to share your story, let God do what He wants with that, and you've got to share the Word you got to plant the seeds of God's word. And it starts with what's happening in our own hearts. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, this is a great, it's a great theme to consider how your word truly does impact our lives. And I would ask right now, Lord, that we would all just simply come before you and, and there may be someone here today that you, you're tapping at the door of their heart and you're letting them know that um, while they might have some external things that they have approached in their life religiously, they've never truly been transformed by your word and their hunger and desire to know your word and to let it go deep into their hearts just has never been there. But Lord, somehow today, you're letting them see that that's what's been missing. And by your word, there may be someone today, by your grace, you would, you would invite in and give faith to believe and become a follower of you. So, Lord, I pray 
right now, Lord, for every person here and for all of our hearts to be touched. And, and just as I stop in my prayer for just a minute, if there's anyone right now that needs a relationship with the living God, whatever you heard in this message today, I pray that what you hear is that God has sent his living word to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, to rise again from the grave so that you could have eternal life through Christ. And you can invite him to come into your life right now, the living word come into your life. And you'll know that happens because you'll begin to have a desire and a thirst and a hunger for God's word in your life. And I pray, Lord, that for all of us who know you today, that we would be more conscious of conscious of your voice speaking to us about spending time with you in your word and letting your word grow and germinate more and more deep into the recesses of our hearts and lives. So Lord, we just commit this time to you, Lord. Uh, today, we all know people that, that need the word of God and we would pray, Lord, that even as we bless this ministry called Faith Comes by Hearing, this would be a tangible way that we could put scripture in front of people that we'll never meet. We'll probably never meet these people the Batak people. But Lord, they're precious to you and of those people, over 1.4 million of those people, you are drawing some to follow you and you want us to partner with you in planting the seeds. So help us to do it with, with uh, joy and with generosity. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear additional messages or you're interested in finding out more about Neighborhood Church, please visit our website, at threecrosses.org. That's the number three, crosses.org.